cereal is probably the worst food you can start the yeah, day you, with. Parents have been trying to kill us this whole time. A skinny person take their poop and give it in the capsule, basically, mm -hmm. into a fat person, and they actually lose weight. What? Welcome to the Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. I'm here with my co-host, Wayne Lewis. What up, what up? And our guest today, Robert Yang. Robert. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So well, we're just going to dive right into it. We are. All right. Look, <laughs> the charm's healthier than steak. According to the food pyramid. <laughs> According to the food To the food pyramid? Well, see, I am of the belief that steak is, should be part of your diet. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, for a lot of people. Obviously, quality does matter. Um, so... Uh, I know quite a few people believe, oh, it has to be plant-based or vegetarian on that side. It, it's interesting we were talking about it because I was just looking into that. And so oftentimes within the literature, they always refer to De Filippo et al. So basically it's a researcher and they talk about how plant-based diets are better for gut health via low fat and then vegetarian, that sort of diet mm -hmm. and then they compare it to for example the standard american diet right or the another term is western that, american who actually diet. made that up that lucky charms is actually healthier the food pyramid the government like what even? well i mean that's the that's the yeah that like, we can get into that, that discussion that. like hey let's put this out <laughs> i mean cereal probably i i did a post on cereal too but just to finish that part they they, they compare sort of apples to oranges in, in a way mm -hmm. so they talk about low-fat vegetarian but then they point to the standard american diet which there's so many confounding factors. You know, right. you have sugar, obviously you have processed foods. Right. You know, the meat that they include within the meat category is typically it's bacon, it's meats full of preservatives, mm. nitrates, that sort of thing versus, okay, is it grass-fed? Is it organic eggs, free right. range? Um, and then obviously the fat sources are not very good. Typically it's uh, categorized you know, fat, but it's, fried fat, trans fats. So there's a lot of confounding factors where you can't really compare apples to apples right. in yeah. that regards to whether, okay, this is just the diet for gut health. Yeah. And that's where I think meat can be part of a good diet for your overall gut health. So it's not healthier. No, it is. No, it is. It is what? healthier. Lucky yeah, Charms with, with isn't steaks. healthier. Yeah. Well, not, not Lucky Charms. I mean, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, if you look at, I mean, whenever I think about cereal, I... I did a post and I said it's probably the worst food you can start the yeah, day you, with. You called it junk. Because I called it junk. Yeah, yeah. It's because wow. you're eating something that has been so processed mm -hmm. uh, with heat temperature, but also high pressure. So it's technically, they call it an extrusion process. Mm -hmm. So that completely changes the molecular structure of the protein of the wheat or the corn or the rice, whatever the grain was. Right. And so it's nothing that we've seen or exposed our body to in nature in terms of that protein so not only are you really causing the roller coaster effect of your blood sugar so, so our parents have mm -hmm. been trying to kill us this whole time well without knowing yeah, without yeah. knowingly they're, they're lovingly trying to give you, <laughs> Love and give you the marketing on the cereals is brilliant right but the red boxes lucky charm on yeah them but like creating cool, a character yeah a cartoon character, character i mean yeah, we, we all fell for that, that. Yeah, oh yeah for sure Absolutely. yeah it's good marketing oh, mcdonald's yeah. too so how can people find out if they have gut health issues and what are some ways to improve your gut health? So uh, I would say standard blood work is one way to do that. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes a lot of people go for a monthly checkup and they might get a complete blood count. 
So basically that's looking at white blood cells, red blood cells. So oftentimes with white blood cells, you can think of them sort of the Pac-Man of your body. So they're there to eat up viruses, bacteria, parasites, mm -hmm. whatever that is. Um, and so there's a functional range and it should be between five and 7.5. So if you have a range where it's 8.5, then that usually means that there's some kind of active overgrowth or infection involved. Mm -hmm. Or even a, below a five, um, then it could be four or 3.5, which may indicate, okay, you've got some kind of chronic sort of issue that's mm -hmm. going on for a long time. So if it's above or below the range, you know, okay, maybe there's something going on. And so oftentimes in that case, then you would go into maybe stool testing. Mm -hmm. Or if you just help outright have yeah. waterfall poop and you know, constipate so, all the time, you may yeah. need to go straight into doing a stool. Assessment. I just did a blood test and I had a low white blood cell count. Every yeah. time I do a blood test, I have that. My mom mm -hmm. said it's genetic, but is there a way to fix that? Well, uh, in terms of maybe fixing it, sometimes they say, yes, you might be genetically inclined to have a white, uh, low white blood cell count. Isn't that yeah. bad? That's not um, right. It's well, bad, yeah. It, it's just means that there something is causing it to be depressed. But, so whether we know it or not, our mm -hmm. body is always trying to fix things, you know, create a homeostatic balance within the system, even within the immune system, the digestive system, hormonal system. So mm -hmm. there could be something that could be driving that white blood cell count down. Mm. So that's where I say, look, we need to do some extensive blood work. I call it a functional blood panel. Let's look at maybe some hidden icebergs that could be causing that to, to, to be driven down. Right. And then going back right. to the question earlier about improving gut health, mm. what are some tips you recommend people? Yeah. I mean, I would say is, I heard sauerkraut. Was yeah. Eating I mean, sauerkraut, sauerkraut is one way to do that. Uh, so that goes along what the kind lines of sauerkraut. Of, Cause I just went and bought some from sprouts. And when I heard, well, when I learned about it, I went and got some. Yeah. Food. I mean, you know, I would say obviously the organic sort of mm -hmm. sauerkraut, mm -hmm. um, if it's sitting on the, you know, in a shelf, not refrigerated, it's probably not the good kind of sauerkraut. Okay. So the refrigerated kind. Yeah. Refrigerated kind. Okay. Um, and, and typically, you know, when we're looking at fermented foods like sauerkraut, it's, what does I would sauerkraut say, actually do? Well, it's, it's technically it's fermented, right? Yeah. So you're, you're getting bacteria to grow. Mm -hmm. And so it is a whole food probiotic, but it's also what we call a prebiotic because that's fiber in there. Mm. So that feeds your, your good gut flora. Mm. Um, but also there's a, a concept called postbiotic. Mm -hmm. So that's where when you get probiotics into the system and they're fed fiber or a resistant starch, uh, you name it, then they take that, they turn it into a fuel called short chain fatty acids. Mm -hmm. And that in itself is the fuel source for allowing the gut flora to flourish. Oh. So sauerkraut's one way so, to do so that. Sauerkraut is really good. Then. It can be, but for some people that how much have, of it do you eat? Like what what what's the amount that you should eat daily? Uh, I mean, I say start small. It could be just uh, one spoonful, spoonful just okay. to see how you react. Because sometimes for some people they may be sensitive. On an empty stomach at night. In the I would say most likely thing. with food, just generally with your food. Okay. okay. Yeah, but um, sauerkraut's so nasty. I mean, it's 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 it's, <laughs> it's but it's very acidic too. So yeah. that kind of helps with the digestive process. Yeah. yeah. Um, Try kimchi instead. But kimchi? kimchi? Yeah, yeah, that's I, fermented. Well, what's, yeah, what's that's kimchi? fermented. It's like cabbage, right? Cabbage. It's basically, uh, you know, Napa cabbage, okay. but with spices in it. So okay. if you don't like spicy food, you don't yeah. handle spicy food, yeah. then that may not be such yeah. a What about a good kombucha? Option. Is that good? Because I drink Kombucha uh, is another source of a sort of whole food probiotic. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say is that some people, for example, with SIBO, I'm sure you've heard of that, small yeah. intestinal bacterial overgrowth. 
um, because they have the growth of the bacteria in the wrong place in the digestive tract, mm -hmm. sometimes sauerkraut, kombucha, yogurts can actually exacerbate some Ooh, of your symptoms. Wow. So that's when they go, oh, I tried sauerkraut, it's supposed to be the holy grail, and then I got bloated, and I got gas, and I'm mm. farting. And that is can be a sign that, okay, now that's sort of a clinical sign of, okay, now we need, we need to do some testing to determine, okay, do you indeed have some kind of overgrowth that could God. be um, wow. exacerbated by, you know, a potentially very healthy, healthy gut food. Mm. What do you say to people that think the organic stuff is all BS and it's just marketing? Um, I would say there's kind of a partial truth to that in the sense where you have obviously big conglomerates that want to get in that game because yeah. there's such a, it's a huge market to right. make money. So in that sense, some of the organic, uh, the USDA organic uh, guidelines have sort of been watered down mm. to a certain degree. So when you look at organic farming and you look at, okay, what should it be? Um, it was biodynamic farming where you have rotation of crops, you have um, cows and chickens and goats and pigs all rotating through. And that was truly uh, a biodynamic And they can farm. still call it organic. Well, that still, that still is considered. truly the sort of essence of an organic That's farm. That's what it's supposed to be. What, what it's supposed, supposed to, be. to be. But oftentimes now they try to water down the, the the terminology or definition well, so that they can, they can get that sticker on their meat well you could charge more yeah no, well so. you can charge more i yeah. i would say in terms of like that we talked about meat earlier when it says organic uh beef for example it doesn't mean it's grass-fed beef okay so if it says organic beef it just means that the cows were fed organic corn grain soy got it that sort of thing. So you're still going to get a meat product that has probably high omega-6, lower omega-3s, higher arachidone mm. acid. Um, so the meat quality is not going to be as good, mm. even though it's technically mm. organic. Interesting. Yeah. Does lack of sleep affect gut health? Ooh, that's a, that's a big one. I think so. Um, I, I just down. have been, I'm working on a gut rest program. Uh, and so sleep is part of that, uh, solution mm -hmm. because what they've shown over time is that when you get a person that's sleep deprived it does directly affect the diversity of the gut microbiome mm. um, but also reduces the number of the gut bacteria wow so you know some sometimes you see when you really dive in and you could deep dive into the literature some will say oh well there wasn't really that much of a change and another one will say oh there was a massive change and when you look at animal versus human studies one of the interesting things that I found was that when they were studying the, the, the rats, it's kind of, I mean, it's cruel in a way, but they basically sleep deprived them by putting them on uh, basically a, a sort of like rotating um, device right. so that when they start to fall asleep, they fall in the water. Okay. <laughs> so that's mm. their sort of, um, I, I guess, way to sleep deprive them. Right. Whereas within a human study, you know, they're sleep depriving, but they're, you know, watching a movie or they're playing mm. video games or reading a book. So it's a very kind of nice environment. <laughs> right, right. So it's obviously with that yeah. particular human study, they yeah. don't really show that much change in the gut microbiome. Okay. Um, but obviously most people that are in college, university, mm. they're an attorney, they're preparing for some, you know, uh, a big, big event, you know, they're highly stressed. They don't sleep that much. Um, they don't eat very well because, mm. The other problem with sleep deprivation, it changes your, what we call ghrelin and leptin. So mm -hmm. that's sort of your, 
yin and yang of right. how you um, create satiety. Mm. Uh, so that's why all the medical uh, or the pharmaceutical companies are trying to find that holy grail of leptin drugs and so forth to help with obesity. Mm. But what sleep has been shown to do or sleep deprivation, it increases your ghrelin levels. So you become, you get the munchies basically. Mm. Like being sleep deprived. And then the problem with that is that yeah. it's a snowball effect because the munchies are not organic beef and kale right. and broccoli. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. starchy, processed chips. sugar, chips, yeah. crackers, Snickers, you name it. Can yeah. fasting help so then, with improving gut health? Mm. Uh, it's a really good question. There is some of, of the literature coming out that the fasting does change some of the gut microbiome. And how much fasting? Um, like like how long? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question because typically it's sort of the 16-8, right? Mm -hmm. So you fast for 16 hours, yeah. Yeah. intermittent fasting, um, or people are stuck on words, time-restricted eating. Um, the only, I, I view it as a tool, the whole intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. So you have to use the tool properly in the situation given. And so sometimes when I'm working with someone with a gut issue, intermittent fasting is not the way to go because um, they get moody, they get hangry, they get emotional mm. uh, when they are fasting. Mm. And then also what ends up happening is because they don't eat enough calories during the day, they get the munchies at night, mm. they overeat, they don't eat enough protein. And so that creates a whole another issue of problems right. over time. So. Mm. I think a person who has very good eating habits to begin with, I think maybe intermittent fasting could be helpful, right. but you have to be careful. It's kind that of a fine sense. line. People yeah. that are struggling to lose weight, is that usually due to a gut issue? Um, I would say yes and no. Um, it depends on who the person is. Right. So for example, they've, they've done some rat studies and human studies where they actually take um, a skinny person, take their poop and give it, <laughs> in a capsule basically mm -hmm. into a fat person and they actually lose weight. What? Wait. Yeah. Or they've done it in rat studies as well. Whoa. They take the feces of a skinny person. <laughs> yeah. So they put it in a capsule fecal... and shoot it up or they, well, basically they put it in micro encapsulations mm -hmm. or, or sometimes they might actually, yes, shoot up the butt of the person. Oh, and that wow. person that's obese or, you know, overweight, starts losing they, weight. they end up losing weight wow but now Boom. like that we're also context right so we're looking at okay someone who's obese uh, versus someone who's relatively or not yeah, overweight yeah, yeah. so i say it depends who the person is because obviously someone who's i don't know preparing for a bodybuilding show is that going to really help them no i mean yeah. at that point you're looking at macros and carbs and proteins right. and you know exercise and supplements and those kinds of things yeah yeah um but th that's kind of where some of the research is going towards but I don't think it's ever going to defeat, obviously, good sleep patterns, good eating, hydrating, mm -hmm. um, controlling your stress, uh, because that's obviously a big factor. So stress impacts your health. gut. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Um, oh, so, yeah, for sure. Slow it down, right? Uh, can, stress can slow down your digestion? Uh, well, it can, it can either slow it down or speed it up. Mm. So, for example, they've shown when you have high stress level, you have elevated cortisol, but probably... Uh, noradrenaline as well mm. and they've showed that that feeds the gram negative bacteria in your intestinal tract so when you get highly stressed you could potentially uh, basically push that overgrowth mm. within your intestinal tract and then we're talking about obviously elevation of cortisol and so typically as the cortisol levels goes up it's not a bad thing it's just to help you to get away from the, the tiger so to speak gotcha. right but if you chronically have high cortisol levels what that's been shown to do is drop what we call secretory IgA, 
So it's technically we say it's their first line of defense of your immune system, sort mm-hmm. of like the Coast Guard line, you know, protecting the coast of California or whatever right, that is. Right. Um, so if you have high stress all the time, it depresses your sege, and then your first line of defense is no longer mm. there. Mm. Now you're predisposing yourself to fungal, bacterial, parasitic overgrowth over time. Wow. So that's sort of like the indirect path of high of how high stress, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual mm. can affect your gut wow. health. That's crazy. So there's that. It, it's always a hand where. Whenever I lecture, I, I say, look, gut health is like octopus tentacles. Mm-hmm. An octopus can touch eight different things at once, mm-hmm. and the gut can affect your gut brain axis, gut skin axis, mm. gut liver axis, mm. gut kidney axis. So it has its hand in, in everything. And it's not to say that it's the end-all be-all for everything. Um, sometimes even with someone with gut issues, I have to address their blood sugar because their blood sugar is all over the place mm. based on their lab work. And I'm like, look, we're not going to ever get your gut under control unless we mm. start to stabilize your blood sugar. But So sometimes it's like, okay, we're not even doing stool testing or we're not going to do, you know, hormone testing. We just, let's get your blood sugar. What, it out. what drinks yeah. are complete no-no to you? Like, I'm not drinking that because it affects the gut and gut the gut in this in this way. Or I know people are going to hate me, but oh, God. Say it. it's alcohol. It it's alcohol, baby. Alcohol? All alcohols. I thought that was liver. Well, so it can be liver, right? So we have like a fatty liver mm-hmm. that people talk about. Um, fatty <laughs> liver is bad, actually, right? So Yeah, so that's, that's bad. So you have, obviously, people know about if you drink too much alcohol, you get a fatty, fatty liver. liver yeah. You can have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So okay. sometimes you find that with people that just, I don't know, they drink like two liters of soda every day, right? Not yeah. like fructose corn syrup, too high sugar. Um, but... Um, with alcohol, one, you create a pseudo-like leaky gut, which I'm sure you've heard of. It's called what? Leaky gut. Leaky gut. Leaky yeah. gut, yeah. I haven't heard of it. Yeah, so quick explanation. If you mm. think about digestion from north to south, yeah. food goes to your mouth, esophagus, goes to your stomach. Oops, excuse me. Stomach is a big cement mixer. So that mixes everything up, acid, and then it goes in your small intestine. So that small intestine there's what we call tight junctions. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like the riot police protecting the target store. Mm. And so the target store is the bloodstream. So that's very, very, very important territory, obviously. Mm. So if the riot police gets irritated or they throw a cocktail bomb, boom, blows up. So instead of the tight junctions being very close together, they just open up and that's what we call leaky gut. Okay. So the, there's a researcher. And so what uh, happens in, when the gut is leaky? So basically what happens uh, Alessio Fasano, he's a researcher and figured out what causes leaky gut. Yeah. And he said, what happens in Vegas should stay in Vegas. And that's kind of <laughs> how what the small intestine should be like. Okay. Yeah. So what happens in the small intestine should stay in the small intestine. Mm-hmm. So when you have irritation to the intestinal tract, that causes leaky gut. That goes straight into the bloodstream. Immune system body goes, what the heck? That shouldn't be in the bloodstream. So now you have alarms, bells, whistles, red lights, blue lights going on, going, whoa, 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 that's it. And you're artificially artificially activating the immune system, which shouldn't be activated in those situations. Right. But what do you... And leaky gut basically causes them to open up. Mm. So what are you intoxicating? I'm sorry, leaky gut, alcohol. Sorry. Are you intoxicating your blood with alcohol or is it the feces? No, you're, well, it? when you drink alcohol, you goes in your stomach, goes in your small intestine, and that irritates the small intestine and right. opens it up. Uh, gotcha. And then you eat your organic... 
broccoli or beef or mm. chicken and, and then that potentially go and it makes it worse oh uh, yeah we don't drink so yeah, yeah we're yeah, good on that, that one guy. and then we didn't, <laughs> we didn't even talk about the blood sugar effects hormonal effects sleep effects because yeah. that that right. snowballs that into that as well. what about food wise what foods are bad um i would say probably um obviously trans fats mm-hmm. are, are pretty inflammatory so what foods have that so any fried food, fried food. So, so fried food fries. in general, French fries, I, I fried like chicken. French, I like French fries. You gotta cut you those know. out. I don't know. That's why I went to teriyaki madness, but y'all said it was. That's like... not much better. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got the sugar, right? Right. But if I order the bowl without teriyaki, am I good? Then it's a much better choice. Okay. Yeah. So no teriyaki. But it still has seed oils. Yeah. So the seed. That's why Sean's like it's still got seed oil. See, he's yeah. always gonna say something. So. Like, Dude, that, that's good to know. You got two. He's weeks looking left. out for you. Yeah. Nah. Sean is like that. That's cool. Yeah. So what were you saying? So you know, foods that are 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 bad for your gut. Mm-hmm. So obviously, fried food, uh, trans fatty acids right. are going to mm-hmm. be one of them. Um, sugar's going to be another one because mm-hmm. that's very. So no sugar. If you can, or very uh, little seldom sugar. sugar. What if it's okay. fruit? Fruit. Yeah. Sugar. Uh, fruit sugar sugar's in everything because right? with, with fruit sugar obviously you're having the fiber content mm-hmm. but there's also phytonutrients so what we're finding is that some of the phytonutrients in fruits and vegetables um and con- they're continually finding new phytonutrients that are very helpful for the gut microbiome mm. okay. so um you know we're talking about obviously table sugar and things like soda and you know um, soft drinks yeah and, yeah how know, often do you eat sugar things. do you even touch sugar no i i do touch sugar like i'll have it on the weekends okay like know? what what's your what's your, what's your like for me I, I would say it's it's ice cream oh, ice cream okay. but i but i stay within a parameter avoiding dairy oh okay so it's gluten free well. it's all that. it'll be gluten free dairy free it'll be like coconut oh, the, or, oh okay have you tried the avocado one I haven't tried that one. I'm yeah. kind of scared you because I'm like, oh, avocado. Do you like it? I like it. Okay. Yeah. So I'll have to give that one a try. <laughs> so, so, you, so you do indulge, but just a little bit. Yeah. yeah I indulge. Okay. Yeah. And that's why I tell people, look, it doesn't have to be perfect all the time. Okay. You know, 80, 20. Just roll. don't, or just not all the time. Just not all yeah, the time. Yeah. Gotcha. You so got to live your life a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, so, man, it's been a pleasure. I could talk yeah, to you. Yeah, man. Hours. Yeah. I kind of want to keep going. <laughs> yeah. I wish we could. <laughs> um, Any closing comments where people can find out more about you? Yeah, uh, you can find me Robert Yang on Instagram, also robertyang.net, mm. the website. So cool. if anybody needs help and they're just struggling with gut health issues, hormonal balances, uh, I try to help people the best way I can. Amazing. Wayne? You can follow me on Instagram at the creator. Sean Kelly, Digital Social Hour. Thanks for tuning in. See you guys next week. <laughs>